in Frothy's round 11 uh, is in the rearview mirror now. We're on the way to Indigenous round this week, Barn. Uh, another pretty entertaining round of footy, all in all. Yeah, there were some really good games mixed up with a bit, a bit of rubbish in between that mm. we saw. But, um, yeah, no, it's good. Good weekend. I haven't seen you for a whole week, which is unusual. Oh, have you missed me? <laughs> no. Paul Buck? No. We normally catch up sometime during the week. but I haven't, The I don't nicest thing anyone's ever said about me. Last week, so. No, we haven't. Well, we'll yeah. do it this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we'll sort that out for this weekend. Pretty boring episode of NRL 360 last night, wasn't it? <laughs> Good old Gordy doing his best. Uh, anyway. Didn't have much of an opinion, poor Gordon. No. But anyway, uh, let's move on. <laughs> yeah, probably not something we really want to dwell on, is it? <laughs> Good to see NRL Twitter United for a cause. Anyway, um, oh, the big news out of, <laughs> out of the other big news out of today is that Hook has got the hook officially. It was sacked by the board today. Uh, at the moment, Ryan Carr, the uh, I was going to say step coach, the um, assist, <laughs> current assistant coach, will step Sounds in for the rest right. of the year. Uh, Jason Rolls is their prime target, but at Hornby and uh, Dean Young, both former players, are on the. I guess shortlist there. There's, um, I guess we don't wait and oh, see. What did he do? Two, two years or year and a half? Two, I think. There's rumblings from the very start. I do not understand how it took this long. To be honest, what I don't understand. Yeah, we saw it. We saw it with the Tigers last year. What I don't understand is that the season's done now. Yeah. Like, but why? What if they're always going to end up in this spot hmm. the, the, as a club, and probably him, unless they won ten straight, which is never going to happen. Uh, they've been competitive. Uh, but At why times, didn't they just yeah. make the call in ra- before the season? Like they've now well, there was, wasted yeah, a season. There, there was talks about it before the season even kicked off that he was going to get the yeah. sack before the start of the season. That board's a mess. It has been for a long, yeah. long time. The worst part about it is no nobody can vote them out because yeah. they've got absolute control. And unless they vote themselves out, which is never going to happen, then there's just a whole heap of business people that seem to have very little football intelligence running the show. And then they get people in that do do know about football and tell them what they have to do. So yeah, <laughs> doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. But um, yeah, well, the players have been. There's been so many stories coming out. Whether they're denied week in week out, there's just too much noise for you half of it not fire. to be true. So yeah, yeah I, I was really surprised it didn't happen um, that before the season started, or even five weeks ago, realistically, when they really started to seem yeah. to fall off a cliff. The, th- the thing is, and it's a, it'll happen exactly like it happened with West last year, is you're now halfway into a year, you have an interim coach come in, he's got no say. No. So you're not playing for anything, you know, no. effectively, unless you're in the shop window for another club. The only club. good thing is, yeah, that the but players may list as a team, you knowing go, that they're playing yeah, for contracts. But so. it didn't happen at West last year. In fact, they went backwards. No. Um, and you get to the stage where it's, um, you know, you're disillusioned. Everyone, you just get, go further and further backwards. They'll, they'll bring someone in the end of the season because they won't want to come in now. You're sacrificing your poor assistant and coach who may never yeah. get a job and again in the NRL. It's just you're just leaving bodies by the side of the road, and it's still doing another three years that they've wasted this year on. Yeah. Before, like a coach, at least if he'd come in even in November last year, even January this year could have at least got up and going and got something out of this season. Yeah. So I, I don't understand. I don't understand it, but you know, I guess it's the way of. Modern rugby league probably says something about the options that were out there. They're obviously not keen on the two or three experienced options that are out there. So I'd be very surprised if either of them shoehorned into this job. And um, it just it says more to me that they were looking for a, either a first-time coach or a very un- inexperienced coach to come across from somewhere else. Realistically, I think I'd read that uh, Billy Slater had turned it down, so I assume he might have been one of the early targets. Maybe if they'd gotten someone. Yeah. Maybe, maybe if they'd gotten someone in the off-season, he would have been had the job. Maybe no one's there. Uh, and I think Riles has done his best to stay loyal to the Roosters. But yeah. 
um, now with I think Bellamy extending and with maybe that's been the catalyst Bellamy extending for a year uh, and um, they did sit down and have a chat with Riles the other day yeah. yeah so it seems like that may be the favourite but um, what else can we say about it yeah well everything, but it's everything I've heard for the last six to twelve months is that Riles was the man that they wanted to come back in there as being an ex player and yeah it's looking more more and more likely. Uh, injury news, Josh Aloye will miss six weeks with his shoulder. Uh, I think it's a, there's a fracture in there. Dislocated. Dislocated oh, it's and maybe well. more. So, yeah, nice. But uh, I believe six weeks. Murray Tualangi as well. Not Murray. Yeah. Um, not Kelma Tualangi. Kelma Tualangi. Uh, four to six weeks as well. Neither helped them. Cam McGuinness broke his hand, so he's got a month. Right. He'll be missing a month as well. And Sean Lane, eight weeks with a hamstring Injury doesn't help Parramatta's cause right now. A uh, couple of HAs. Reynolds apparently has been cleared, but they're going to err on a side of caution. And yep. Wolford uh, will have the mandatory stand down. Not a lot of else. Oh, and we are missing uh, Ura Hargraves and Joey Manu, both injured. Uh, both apparently not as bad as first thought. The initial thought was Manu might be a long time, but apparently with the bye coming up, they might okay. be hoping to get him, him miss a game or two and... They're getting back sooner rather than later. Um, they've perhaps got bigger issues than that yeah. at the club. Uh, anything else out of that you want to touch on? No, well, there's a couple of important ones there. Obviously, Lane with eight weeks is a is a pretty big one for Parramatta, and McGuinness has been probably close to the Sharks. Well, I'd say second best forward because Nakora has probably been the man, but um, he's been close to their second best forward week in and week out. With a few of the big guys on the sideline as well, it um, probably asks a few questions around the Sharks' middle for the next the next month or so, yeah. depending on who they've got coming in well, and out. But yeah, the last 40 minutes are on a few that didn't do a great deal, did they? Mm. So, uh, yeah, maybe concerning, a bit concerning. And for Manly the just seems to go from bad to worse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> While they're not two superstars, they're two two blokes that they Being had in their first grade first grade, grade side. With their light on. Now they're um, they've lost another couple of middles. So. Yeah, when it rains, it pours sometimes for some clubs. Uh, yeah, the news next Sunday, this Sunday, Origin teams will be announced. Mm-hmm. Sorry, they'll be Monday. Apparently, Freddie asked for an extra day, so uh, Origin teams will be announced. We're going to do the you know usual one through twenty or whatever, but we sort of decided you know it's a bit boring just reading out names. You might just touch mm. on a few key. Spots. Uh, we'll start. We'll start for New South Wales first. Uh, the biggest one is the five eight. Which way are you going? Which way do you think that would go? No, oh, well, I'm pretty sure they'll go with Luai. And yeah. to be honest, um, I would wouldn't be adverse to it. You saw, obviously, this week was his best game in probably 12 months um, since Origin last year or before yeah. Origin last year. And if he can put that kind of running display on that he put on uh, this week against the Roosters, then he's uh, he probably deserves that sixth spot. Nico has shown a few signs of um, sort of floating out of the game a little bit when they've been under pressure as well. Uh, you saw it in the Warriors game. You saw it a bit in the back end this week. Um, while he was still their best player on the field, he did sort of just go through the motions towards the back end of this game and try to sort of kick him to a victory rather than getting too involved. So probably a, 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 the safer option would be to leave him at 14 at the moment and have Luai start in the six just through combinations. Yeah, I, th- I think they end up, that's what they're going to do. I think he'll end up in the 14 spot. Uh, they'll probably have Appy in the squad. I don't think they'll pick him in the mm. in the 17. Uh, although last year they made a late change, didn't they? They left out Whiten for the extra yeah. hooker. Uh, I think that's the way they're going to go. 
Uh, they may try to match um, the Grant Hunt combination and leave Nico out and have Appy playing off the bench. Well, but. it seems. Um, I think that's what Freddie wants to do, but I, you know, it's not, it's not the way I'd go. I mm. think Nico gives you more options. Can play dummy half. Can cover everyone in the back line. Yeah. Uh, you know, whether he ends up, you know, if someone goes down, he can play full back and push someone up, or the child can drop back, or however it might be. You know what you're getting there. You can cover or in the day, you can cover Cleary if something happens there. So. Yeah. Uh, that's why you'd go there. The centres, are you picking Tommy Turbo? No, not at the moment. He did look a lot freer in his action, uh, especially in the, the second half of this game against the Sharks this week. It's probably the best I think he's, I've seen him move uh, mm. this season. They reckon it was the first time he hit 80% running at training that mm. week, so maybe he's... So I do expect boost. another improved performance this week. Um and but it's just a little too little too little too late for mine. I'd be picking the bloke who's in absolutely scintillating form at the moment in Campbell Graham. It just looks like he can just push blokes off at will and <laughs> good footwork and size and all the rest of it. He's an out and out centre, one of the better defensive centres in the game as well. So I'd be sticking with Campbell Graham. I would be going Campbell and Graham Luttrell as well. On the other and side. Luttrell, I agree. Um, not much more to add. Yeah, he's. Yeah. He's the peak centre in the competition right now. So Give him another three or four weeks, and if Tommy's back near his best, then, yeah, he probably well, does no force somebody out. But being honest with him and saying, look, if you're fit, we'll pick you for game two. No. Come in and around the squad. We want to see you up and going and see what happens there. Uh, wingers at a car getting named this week, but he's off the – we get to see him step Long out. Long off, yeah. um, With a leg injury too, which is not great. Tuo has one spot. Are you looking yeah, that way? Yeah, imagine he'd be the first picked. And uh, who else are you picking for the New South Wales wing spot? It's a very good question. <laughs> um, for mine, if if Josh Adokar gets in and finishes the game, he's probably the first guy I'd be looking at, to be honest, because there hasn't really been a New South Wales winger for mine that's sort of set the world on fire outside of, um, yeah, unless you start making moves like pushing Tommy out and Campbell Graham to a wing or something like that. Um, I, I, uh, met, I can see them naming Trevojevic and Graham on a wing. Yeah. Uh, would you entertain or either Tommy on a, a, a Stephen Crichton on a wing or a, um, Dylan Edwards on a wing? I think he gets a little bit lost on the wing for mine, Crichton. I think he much yeah. prefers the, the physical contact and the earlier ball so he can make uh, make his decisions that way. Uh, who was the second one that you mentioned? Dylan Edwards. No, I can't see Dylan Edwards playing. I don't, he's not going to let you down, but no. it's, there's a whole heap. Different uh, supporting out in the wing, and the way he, the way he runs the ball is generally he looks for options on both sides and doesn't. I, I think you lose a bit sticking him on a, on an edge and having him stuck in that one position. Yeah, there's not really anyone else jumping unless Karaz. You know, do you go with a bolter like Karaz? Uh, I know he's only had the one game back. Uh, maybe you just go with the out and out winger. He won't mm. let you down. He looks built for Origin, strong tackle breaker. Could do worse than Alex Johnson on the left edge oh, outside Latrell, um, and yeah, Latrell as well. Yeah, you know he's a finisher. You know he's got pace. Um, there's a few questions defensively, but um, yeah, wing's probably the most contentious, well, one of the most contentious positions on the field for New South Wales at the moment. Yeah, hold on, you know, if he's 100 percent fit, I'd pick Karaz. I think he's done enough to get get the job there. Yeah, he's tough, um, quick. With Tupo being down, not a lot else coming out. Look, I can see them trying to be tempted by Swahili, but he's, he, like, spoiler alert, he's getting a pot plant this week again because he's been woeful last two weeks. Uh, I think you've got to show at least some application to deserve an origin spot, but anyway. Uh, and I guess the Ford Packers as a whole, the injuries right through particularly the back row. They've lost Campbell Graham, who 
wasn't there last year, but I imagine would have been this year. Are you thinking, I assume it'll be Paulo and Jake Trevojevic starts and Jake probably plays all the way through. You're looking at a Madison who can cover both. You, where else would you be looking? I'd be putting Paulo on the bench. Um, you've got Haas and Trevojevic obviously to start in the front row. Um, and then Haas really only needs a 20-minute spell and then you can play around with your interchanges there in the front row. Um, I don't know if they if I think they'll probably stick to mobile back rowers. These seem to have a propensity of having a smaller back row or a more mobile back row rather than yeah. having the big guys in the middle of the field, which may be the New South Wales detriment because it's going to be a pretty big pack. I would imagine coming our way from the Queensland side. Yeah, so Yo Mario Nedjo. I think that's the way well, they're going to the have bench. to. I I'd prefer. Um, Murray at 13 obviously he seems to have a much better impact in the middle of the field but you're not going to unseat Yo realistically are you no. unless you start trying to muck around with him and put him on an edge he's but I, an edge I don't think he's an edge player either no. so uh, uh, I would have Crichton still on the bench I know he's only a month back in but he's been fine off the bench he's, um, he'll get through 60 minutes if they need him I think uh, Murray may even start on the bench, to be honest. Yeah, um, yeah. You can use him as a front rower uh, as well, realistically. Um, play two 13s and the one front rower yeah. and basically have him work as a front rower and be able to get him to do a bit of ball playing as well at different times. And then um, I think Liam Martin probably did enough. I know it's only one game back, but he was hitting blokes like a sledgehammer out there and he was involved in absolutely everything looked as fit as he has um, this season because there were question marks obviously I think this whole there. season it has been I think he'll but be there he did, and he was fantastic in the World Cup he'll be I think he'll I get dare a start. Say he'd probably get a start uh, Murray and as you said Murray on the on the bench I'd probably go with Madison over um, Crichton at, at this moment so you go Nico Madison Paulo and Murray. Murray on the bench. Mm-hmm. And who's your starting back row? The, um, who was the left one? Martin and... Martin and... Well, you have to really start Murray then, don't you? I would imagine. And you'd be looking for another bench player. If Keon, if Keon was injured, I assume Colin would be having Colin Matangi there. But... Which, Big year for South. He was going to have six or seven in New South Wales team, but they're the best team in the comp at the moment. Two names that are thrown up a lot: Young and Olukowatu. Uh, I have I have concerns about Olimi's defence against big mm. forward pack when we saw yeah. it in the weekend. Got marched over a couple of times there, especially the first try. Uh, yes, he's damaging, but those sort of back rowers don't tend to tear Origin games apart. It's more the ones no, that get in. They might the do it every now and then, but not consistently. If you're looking for someone with consistency, Nat Butcher would probably be a name I'd throw yeah. up as well. Uh, you know he's going to get through 40 to 50 tackles every week. Um, he's a pretty decent line runner and a little bit bigger body than someone like your Hudson Youngs. Uh, but yeah, if you want your mobility and probably a fraction better footwork, Hudson Youngs probably the other option to be looking at. But Try sneak as well. It gets, um, yeah, gets in and, and gets Surprisingly good acceleration for a back rower. Yeah. Um, Anything else from New South Wales team? There's no bolters that everyone's missing. It's all pretty cut and dry, isn't it? Well, Hooker's um, questionable whether you pay with Appy or Cook, but for mine, it's Cook. Um, he, yeah. He's been fantastic this year. He's been back near his best, and um, it's yeah. another part to that combination with with the likes of Latrell and Murray in that team. Um, yeah, I would, I, I, uh, I, 
I think Appy's been playing good footy, but I don't think we go. I don't think you can try and mirror what, what Queensland do because you don't have the. No. Harry Grant's his own sort of player. He's not. If Tedesco didn't have the runs on the board that he does, I think they'd be seriously looking at Edwards, to be honest, so at this time of the year. And but I, I think it. It. I hate to say it, but it could be Teddy Swan song. Mm. He might. He might even. Look, he seems frustrated this year. He might even turn around after this Origin series if they win and say, he wants to focus on club footy or possibly do something else. Uh, Queensland, they've got all they've got a fit. All their forwards are up and going and firing. Uh, I would be bringing Dave Fafita back into the fold. I wouldn't be picking Nanai. Uh, I would have. I think Fodawake is in and around there, but because he's been he's playing as good a foot as he ever has. But yes, uh, Tino, uh, Tino, <coughs> do you pick Papali or do you look elsewhere? No, I think they get with Papali. He's been he's been there's. He hasn't been extremely damaging, but he's done his job every yeah. week. So they're yeah. going, you know, those two, uh, I'd, I'd start for feeder. Uh, they'd, mm-hmm. they'd be tempted to put him in a venture. I think he's done enough this year to start. Uh, and where else would you be looking in terms of bench forwards uh, or even back row? Carrigan picks himself. Uh, Kafusi probably picks himself. Uh, was in very good form for his suspension. So, yeah. Yeah, I dare say it'd be for Fafita and Kafusi. Um, definitely Flagler and Horsburgh will be fighting out for one of those spots on the bench, I would yeah. imagine. You'd be picking between either of those. Um, Flagler's got the runs on the board from previous seasons and, and you know, they're, they're loyal as, so that he's probably one of the first forwards that they pick. But I would not be surprised at all if um, Horsburgh found his way onto that, in, onto that bench either. He's been in terrific form and he's been pretty damaging <laughs> and they, they don't mind getting an aggressive forward in their pack either. So Cotter and Gilbert probably are the two left that they've got to... Yeah, well, they start in front of Hallsborough, the, don't they? Yeah, that they probably. Were, if you're sticking, uh, Cotter was what man Gilbert series, definitely does. And yeah, Cotter's, Cotter's coming back into brilliant form at the moment. So uh, And they're almost more settled. I guess the two question marks are the, I guess, maybe maybe the wing spot. Hunt takes the 14. So, yeah, it's probably is between Flegler and Horsburgh, which way they go yeah. there for the other spot. Because, as you mentioned, you've got Cotter and Gilbert just sitting there are waiting you, to have a crack. Are you picking Walsh or Ponga? I'd be picking Walsh if it was my yeah, decision. So um, I'm pretty sure they'll pick Ponga. Yeah. Uh, if, off what he did, just the, the what was a 15-minute period this weekend, and that yeah. was basically... All he did for the majority of the game was that 15 minutes, but he absolutely set the, the field on fire. And I don't think I've seen him play a poor Origin game whenever he's been there either. No. So a um, little bit bigger body, probably not going to get pushed back as hard as Walsh can do at times. Um, but on form, I'd be picking Reese Walsh at fullback. So would I. Uh, and Cobbo on the wing, I would probably yeah. be... Look, I, I don't think Coates has been that good a form. I no, suspect they stick with him, but yeah. I would be looking towards... Look, I haven't... You know, I would probably go and Torlangi, but uh, is he eligible? Yeah, he's eligible. It's uh, mm. Mortalo that wasn't. Uh, but even he hasn't been good since he got injured. He was he was okay before he got injured, but he hasn't done much in the two games he's yeah, been back. So, so. Uh, but you got the Val Holmes combination out there as well. So yeah, wouldn't. Okay, they could do worse and pick Kyle Felt, but. Mm. Uh, I, I think I his think days are done. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Oates probably was. He's got a brain snap in was, him. Um, Paul Kyle Felt. Oates was no. probably pushing if he was fit. Stayed fit, but yeah. anyway. Uh, no, I'm pretty sure you're right. They'll stick with um, Xavier Coates, but um, I, on form again, I think Tuolungi probably. Coates had some absolute shockers this this year. He's not been good this like year. Like he barely got involved. I oh, know he got up for two. He tapped 
one back for the Olam try in this game and contested, a try, a, contested another couple I, of high I balls. I actually thought, I'll go as far as say he was poor in that game apart from those two. Realistically, he's only, um, he's only aspect that he's been any good at this year has been challenging that high ball. Yeah. His defence has been poor but and that's what they he hasn't been involved. They'll want to the, kick over to Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Especially if you put someone, that's a, that's the issue with putting someone like AJ on the other side. Mm. You've still got another really short winger down the other side. So yeah. I dare say they they may even go with Suwali'i just for the size out on the wing, which scares the shit out of me, to be honest. But Oh, look, I'm sure Suwali'i and Origin level will step up. I, mm. I, but He'd have to be better than what he's been doing. But but he's been, yeah, well, they all have been poor. Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any bolters, is there, that we've, we've no, missed? No, Munster, TCE, the, all the rest of them. Blah, blah, blah. So uh, I, I, I'm i hoping New South Wales win the first game because you'll probably get six bucks for the series for Queensland for the rest of the series <laughs> and they'll win again. But I, I struggle to see how um, how Queensland don't win this year. I think everyone's in form, I think. Yeah, New South Wales um, forward stocks have dropped off a bit considering it's generally their strongest position on the field. Yeah. Um, no, they'd need the they'd need the halves to absolutely break loose for New South Wales, I think, and um, score a lot of lot of points and put them under pressure through the scoreboard rather than any other way at the moment. Yeah. Right. And as you said, New South Wales back row has always been their strength, and it's it's a bit weak at the moment. Well, it's a little bit it's, on uh, life support at the moment. There's so. plenty of blokes there, but injuries and um, minimal you know involvement in the season so far for a few of them so yeah. leaves a lot of question marks. Now, let's get into the NES you want to touch on. Let's get into round 11. Uh, just quickly, in terms of form guides, uh, we say sometimes a form is a form in this sort of thing, but uh, over the course of the weekend, out of eight games, Storm made it 13 straight against Brisbane. Mm-hmm. Penrith made it seven straight against the Roosters. Warriors six straight against the Bulldogs. Newcastle five straight against the Titans in Newcastle. Bunnies five straight against the Tigers at Olympic Park. And the Cowboys four straight against the Dragons. So perhaps it's something we need to pay more attention to. Yeah, well, the uh, Bulldogs' form lines are pretty pretty easy one to draw for, I think, for most teams in the competition. That's right. Um, apart from the Sharks, who seem to lose to them quite often recently. <laughs> but um, I think most teams have given the, the Dogs a bit of a touch-up. And probably Knights and Titans was is an interesting one because they've both been very up and down. Yeah. but. The Titans obviously don't like Newcastle very much. No, obviously. Uh, it's, it's, it still was an interesting matchup. We'll get to that. Anyway, we kicked mm. off 24 to 16. The Storm uh, beating Brisbane. What did the stats say? Yeah, we had four tries to three. Two out of four conversions for the Storm played two out of three for the Broncos. 86% completion played 79% for Brisbane. 156-plus post-contact metres for the Storm. Four line breaks to five, 22 tackle busts to 35 from Brisbane, 12 offloads to nine, a forced dropout from both teams, 337 tackles played, 367, 10 errors from the Storm, eight by Brisbane, eight penalties conceded to nine, two ruck infringements to five, one inside the 10 against, uh, one inside the 10 even against both sides, one sin bin for the Storm, three sin bins for Brisbane, Payne Hass with 92 supercoach points, Munster with 87. And Harry Grant with 79. So you, you were a little bit bullish on the fact that Brisbane have been a bit mollycoddled, for lack mm-hmm. of a better term, this year, this year uh, and maybe you're about to be exposed. You still, you've had some time to reflect on this. Is that the way you're, you're thinking? Is 
No, they're still one of the stronger teams in the competition. I just think when they're up against the top four and five teams, they're going to find it hard to get past them. Um, it, they were tremendous in this game to stay as close as they did. It did help that the Storm weren't really out there um, attacking best. Uh, they sort of did get lost a few times and they bombed a couple of tries on top of that as well. But um, Reynolds going off after 15 minutes and then yeah. 30 minutes of blokes sitting on the sideline well, with a you know 12-man advantage. Melbourne should have really put Brisbane to the sword in this one. Um, Munster seemed to float out of the game. I know he ended up with a, a, quite a few super coach points here, um, but... His involvement, especially when there were 12 men on the field, did not seem like what you would expect out of Munster. I thought Hughes was actually the better half in this Yours. game, to be honest. Uh, I, yeah, just to your point about 12 men, I, I, I don't say the score flattered the Storm, but I, I agree they should have won by more. Mm. Uh, I think Reynolds' injury shocked Massive. them. Massive. Uh, because they were on top. Mm. Melbourne couldn't gather in half for mm. the first 20 minutes. Uh, they were dominant... And then after that, it, it's just uh, and the two sin bins shook them, particularly obviously one being Carrigan, uh, shook them for a big chunk of that game. Mm. Uh, and with a little bit of luck, they probably win the game because they came home with a wet sail. Uh, Walsh tried his absolute ass off to to make anything happen, and and with a bit of luck and a bounce of the ball, um, gets them close. I think. Mm. Uh, it was fantastic um, I, in attack. I thought it was very noticeable as well. The thing about Brisbane, I, I, I'm not. I, maybe them, you can compare them quite well with Parramatta last year. I think they're, if you get the right side of a finals draw, um, everyone fit and come up against a yeah, few yeah. cooked teams, they Absolutely. can go deeper. They can mm. maybe get to that um, that grand final. Uh, like I said, that they feel a bit like Parramatta. Like I said, they're probably going to lose to those very top teams this year, mm. um, but they're going to be in the contest. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. I thought. The problem I have is once Reynolds went off, it really exposed Billy Walters, I thought. Mm. And I think the, one of the, their biggest pieces of the puzzle is they can't win a comp without a hooker, yep. I think. Uh, and their ruck, their line speed and their ruck defence was awful through the second, the, the probably last hour of this game. And Harry Grant just absolutely ate it up. He had all the time and space in the world. Like to, Corey Plagues does add to their attack when he does come on the field. He's just uh, he's a bit quicker with his with his distribution of the ball mm. off the ground. He does get out and challenge the the markers and the A and B defenders, but he's a defensive liability as much yeah, as yeah. Um, as Walters saw, is. Like as Harry well, just so. put like was just making meters for fun in this. Actually, I don't know any made, but I'll find it here. But. <laughs> It felt like every time he picked and, up the um, ran, there was, was making 15, 20. It was more to the point that, yeah, I, I know Brisbane were running first and everyone was, oh, they, they look like they're going to win the competition. It was me more so saying, I think they belong in fifth or sixth and not first. You know yep. what I mean? Yep. So still genuine, uh, genuinely competitive in most games. But I think, yeah, they probably, you will see, I think you'll see them sliding by the end of origin. They'll probably be sitting around somewhere where they probably more, more um, I would think that they probably more deserve to sit around the fourth or fifth position by the end of Origin time. So. Yeah. I think if they can get through Origin, losing so many of their, well, especially the two best forwards, mm. three best forwards, four best forwards maybe. <laughs> uh, oh, well, three best forwards and their wingers. Possibly their fullback. Uh, and their fullback. And yeah. fourth afterwards, I think they'll take it as a win, definitely. Um, that said, uh, I'm very good at firing players up because um, I gave 
uh, Jerome Hughes' serve on his form, and he had he easily had his best game of the year here, and was I thought he was a difference at the end of the day in here. He was, he was, uh, definitely he was involved was. with a couple of tries, and more than a couple of tries, uh, and was outstanding. Um, his running game was very good, was probably back to its best, and just picked his moments really well. And as soon as they were inside Brisbane's half, his boot was fantastic. He just yeah. drilled it into the positions that they needed to be in, whether it was high bombs, short grubbers, or just... Uh, a, a low skitter into the bottom corner and then make him work from there. And, yeah, he had, he, um, he had a big bearing on this game, I thought. Uh, who were, where are we going to next? Now, I think Brisbane, uh, Melbourne did lose Nelson early, which was uh, a concern. I just wonder, the overall for this game for mine, because you, you saw it blow up four or five times with the forwards getting stuck into each other and got very physical. There was, um, there was near punch-ons a couple of times in this game and... The sin bins to, for mine were directly related to a very skinny 10. I thought they were playing for about seven or eight metres yeah. for the entire night. And the ref was letting them go early as well. So not only were they playing off seven metres, they were going before the ball was played. So that brings it down. To, you're back to the old five metre rule. Yeah. You know what I mean? And when you've got teams that are used to hitting the advantage line, rolling through, pushing teams onto the back foot, and it just becomes a stalemate and an absolute clash of the... You know, momentum, realistically, the biggest bloke running into the biggest bloke and whatever happens next is whatever happens. Yeah. That's what ends up happening. That's the way I think this game deteriorated because of the, the referee and he's poor 10 metres, in my opinion. He's very good at losing control, that referee, as Isn't well. He oh. He's done it three weeks in a row, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I... I uh, he was going good at the back end of last year. Yeah, I, I know you had some raps on him. But no, but he's, um, he's been disappointing all year, actually. Yeah. Uh, at least the last month. Uh, yeah, where else do we need to go in terms of this? So, um, yeah, what else have you got in your notes? Um, yeah, well, the, I thought the Storm bench was weird. Considering two of them last week were close to their best players mm. on the field in Garlic and Penne, and um, that combination didn't come off this week. <laughs> Just wasn't put together properly. But then you look at um, Kamakamika and uh, who was the other one on there? But the, coming off well, the bench. Kamakamika started and um, Nelson came off the bench. Because he got hurt in like his first run. Yeah, yeah, true. But yeah. Um, the other two off the bench were actually fantastic. And um, yeah, Eisenhuth. Yeah, yeah, Eisenhuth was actually quite decent. Warbrick's Warbrick was the best of their back five, I thought, for the Storm. He's really developing into a physical given he's only played player, and he's starting yeah, ten to, games. He, I think um, he, I think a lot of his problem to begin with is he wasn't quite sure exactly where he needed. Like he's just yeah. more his positioning on the field than anything else. Whereas um, he, he would just stay on his wing and just get bundled into touch or stay directly in front of his man where now he's positioning himself on gaps on the inside shoulder and then working to the outside or vice versa. And it's becoming a lot more um, a lot more of a viable option for the Storm out there. Yeah. And one-on-one, no, he's, one on one he's he, hard to stop. And he, he enjoys the contact. Like yeah. he's, He enjoys the contact as much as... Um, which, um, the start of the year, I, I thought he seemed to he shy away from it, it which was yeah, something it. he's starting to get I into. I think scoring tries probably helps that. And uh, he's... <laughs> yeah, he actually looks... Yeah, he could become a weapon. Does. He could become um, a dangerous player. The Ezra Man try-saver. Outstanding. Straight over the top of Kato. He's <laughs> slowed right down and started smiling and waving his head around. He will be, he will be getting... I'm sure he would have got fined for that. It would have been a team fine. <laughs> I would imagine so. Um, the Storm did, too, get lucky. Like, there was two tries off kicks. There was one yeah. where the ball got kicked three times. I'm pretty sure it was in one yeah. where Hughes has gone in, gone for the grubber. It's bounced off, come out. They've gone to the left wing. It's been tapped back, and then they've kicked over to the right wing for the... Um, for the try for Warbrick over there, yeah. but um, and that's just the bounce of the ball as well. And when you start to get that that go your way, 
And there was another one where um, I, I'm sure there was a knock-on in that um, one of the ones Coates went up for as well. Mm. And um. Brisbane were tough enough to win this game. And if the bounce of the ball went their way, they, they very well could have, which is, um, you know, testament to how, how much um, fortitude and resilience they've actually got built in this squad, which they didn't have at the back end of last year. So. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, do we, what else do we take out of this game? Anyone we haven't touched on? I just want to have a quick look through. Like, oh, well, Flegler was really good again. Um, and so was Carrigan. <laughs> oh, well, both, yeah, actually, well, the two big guns both ran over 200 metres, didn't they? Yeah, 200 mm. 243 for Haas and 221 for Carrigan. Um, they were both outstanding again. I want to say Christian Walsh, uh, who we didn't touch on mm-hmm. in the Origin chat, uh, was... Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> There's another one. <laughs> was, yeah, we missed it. Was injury last year, but uh, and, against um, the tide, that he Hallsbury was might not get us, uh, and getting into a few little uh, dust ups along the way, he was pretty good um, no. holding up that that uh, almost single handedly at times. The back five were all pretty good. Um, they had limited opportunities, obviously, which um, Jesse Arthur's a good help, player, yeah, underrated player, definitely He's a really a very good, good finisher, finisher quick and fast. Seems smart, doesn't, safe. doesn't make too many yeah. dumb mistakes, which is. Um, and I know they've signed into a long term deal, uh, but he's. Yeah, and deservedly so. And the the two big guns were the brilliant. They were the reason that they didn't get blown off the field in Reese Walsh and Payne Haas. They yep. were absolutely brilliant in this game again. And it's just about every week that they're the top two players for Brisbane. And Melbourne being, uh, you're saying you think Brisbane are around that fourth or fifth? Are you putting Melbourne above them? No, I'd be putting them in a pretty much exactly the same position, maybe even below them, to be honest. For mine, they're still a little bit slow in and around the in the around the middle of the field, especially with their forward yeah. pack. Um, they they do need Welsh and um, Nelson to really carry some of these guys who um, seem slow and uninterested sometimes. Yeah. Um, the bench, as I said, is very inconsistent. One week, a couple of them are good. One week, none of them are good. <laughs> and um, yeah, for mine, they're probably even a rung below the Broncos at the end. The, these will be the two teams that will be in and around the fourth, fifth. Yeah, I think so. Who's one, two, and three then? Just out of interest. Penrith now starting to look Penrith scary. Penrith and South. Yeah. Uh, one and two. Well, three's and then, up for grabs, I think. Yeah, I think absolutely. Um, stamp it, yeah. Cronulla's probably the best attacking team when they're on, but they're never on for more than 40 minutes. So yeah. at the moment, they're sitting in third. Um, one of these two teams could push into I think third. They're, they're probably just by default because um, Roosters are, are gone. Yeah, Roosters are gone. Parramatta are... Uh, very quickly slipping. Oh, they're the 14th. So, yeah. But um, um, I th- I th- it's not a great... I, yeah, I think that's yeah. fair enough. Penrith and South and then do your best for the rest of yeah. them, I think. I think it's now panning out that way. It depends who can put together four or five games in a row, realistically. Uh, that's going to come down... That's going to be a big part of this season. And someone will. Who can put back-to-back three or four games back-to-back. And uh, f- looking through the back end of the draw, there's some very important... Like, Rounds 23, 4, 5, there's some of these teams are playing each other. It's going to decide. Yeah. Could decide anywhere from third through ninth in some of them. Absolutely. We, uh, and, and again, you throw Reynolds back in this team, I think they convert at least, they at least add another six points. They yeah, they may even end chances. up third. And then you I'm, get, saying, no, I'm yeah, saying in this game. Yeah, even uh, in this game. Yeah, yeah. There's at least a six point extra on top of the, uh, the chances they had. And then you put. 350 kicking metres onto mm. what Melbourne have different to do. Different field position, um, make it harder. Yeah, It's completely different game. So, yeah, I, I think I think all we can say is they're going to be there or thereabouts. Third, fourth, fifth, sixth. Yep. And uh, injury and form will decide that. Yeah, absolutely. Injury always has a big bearing on the, those lower positions from two down to eight. So, What are you thinking? Hughes, three points? Or are you 
I had Payne Haas three points yeah. again. Okay. He was dominant. What, 250-odd yeah. metres, 40 tackles. I think he only missed one or two. He was um, yeah, the dominant player on the field again, I thought. I had Jerome Hughes' two points, and then I had um, either Walsh or Grant for one. Yeah, that's a tricky one. But I think give it to Walsh because um, he was... If he's not on the field, they probably don't get anywhere near close in that second half. And they Creating opportunities and for himself and other players probably Absolutely. a bit more often than Harry was. And just on him, just lastly, I hate I hate that strip rule with the fall-off. I know it was disallowed and yeah. it was the right call. But I reckon the minute there's two people in any tackle, you can't strip. Mm. I think we've both been it. saying it for about yeah. three or four weeks now right. um, and it consistently the, pops up every that, week. The fall-off thing's ridiculous because yeah. some of the time they're already getting up to play the ball and people are trying to bat it out of their hands and shit. Oh, but just... the, or there's two blokes holding him and he's already got the ball halfway out yeah. and then just holds it there for a minute and goes, all right, let go. Yeah. So you've already stripped the ball That's and right. it's just that last little action. And, and when you're trying to find the split second, out. whether it's touching someone, someone's hands touching their shoulder mm. or not, it's yeah, it, it shits me. Uh, we didn't mention news. Bellamy's apparently signed on for next year yes, too. So absolutely. That, as we said, was a catalyst to maybe the rest of the merry-go-round springing into action. Friday. Interesting with how he sets his team up next year. Right. Well, I wonder who... We haven't seen Tarek Sims at all. Like, mm. I don't know... Well, barely. Uh, don't know if they're in the market for anyone. Probably not. Probably got no money. So they're, what you see is what you get. They'll find money. Everyone does. <laughs> uh, Bulldogs lost to the Warriors 24-12. to 12. Uh, Warriors perhaps on their... Well, not the Warriors. The... Um, Bulldogs turned up, tried hard, and that was about the story of the game, really. And That's all they um, can do at the moment. Um, they've still what, got five or six blokes sitting on the sidelines that they need to come back into this first-grade team. and um, they're, they're, la they're lacking creative options, yeah. realistically. Um, Avrilo might beat someone one-on-one. Perham might do the same early kick for Caraz or Josh Adokar, and after that it's a bombathon and hope the other team drops it at the moment. It doesn't seem like they create a lot. Their play is everyone going, ooh, why the, Bert the ball goes in the air for 45 <laughs> seconds off Burton's boot. But that's it. There's no other. I mean, I've said, I've said this for two years about Burton's, Burton's kicking game. There isn't a lot to it, a lot of nuance to it. But I think seven suits him in a way. He gets a bit, a bit of earlier ball. And I think he should be trying to model himself closer to Nico than anyone else. Probably yeah. the logical, trying to be more of a running half. And he needs to straighten up a little bit more. He, he does go a bit sideways for mine. Um, yeah. Considering how big he is, he... He would be able to play in the, in the line as well. Like he'd be able to have a defender on him and still be able to play at, yeah. to his outside men, which yeah. only you know draws the defence in and creates more opportunities out wide. So anyway, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Yeah. What the stats say? <laughs> we had two tries to four, two out of two conversions and four out of four conversions for the Warriors. Eighty percent completion played, eighty-one percent. Five line breaks to three. Fifty-five tackle bust for the Dogs and thirty-three for the Warriors. 12 offloads to six, two force dropouts from both teams, 350 tackles exactly for both sides and nine errors for both teams. Four penalties conceded to three, two ruck infringements to four, zero inside the tens. Harrison Edwards with 94 supercoach points, Fanua Blake with 90, and Burton and Curran, well, three-way tie for third on 76 points with Burton, Curran and Sean Johnson. Yeah, as you were saying, um, I guess the lack of options... And probably the lack of, you know, you put Burton next to Kikau and... Um, and they got bashed for half an hour. Yeah. Like the well, first let's start from the start. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, let's start from the start. Yeah, yeah. tell your story first. It was, um, you know, no, it was, they were committed, as you said. Um, after just got... 
bullied for half an hour through the middle of the field. Fanua Blake was running a mark, Bunny of Foa. Um, Sean Johnson was kicking him to death with short little kicks in behind the line and for repeat sets and tries. Um, he had some lovely kicks in this game, and that ball from Dylan, uh, from Edward, uh, not Edwards, Dylan Walker to Fanua Blake oh, yeah. to step and score underneath the post was probably the highlight of the match. Um, I don't know how Charns gets through so much work every week. I think he had 26 yeah. runs again for 250 odd metres. And he just, he looks completely stuffed with half an hour to go and he's still the first bloke there taking hit-ups off the first Especially tackle. Especially for a bloke that um, has had issues with ribs and shoulders for years and um, he still just gets in and, yeah. and gets hammered. Absolutely. Um, yeah, as I said, it's beautiful to watch that little short ball from Walker. The, they started coughing up the ball a little bit. I think they were trying to push it a little bit too far and try to, you know, really mm. extend that scoreline. And um, the dogs really got back in front for probably 20 minutes, half an hour, either side of half time, and um, started to started to push the Warriors back in the middle of the field, and they started to really cause some issues for the Warriors' defence out wide. Like, they missed 55 tackles. Yeah. And most of all the... I think it was up near 25 to 30 of them were in their outside backs with their centres and their wingers missing... just falling off tackles at, at different times. Um, so, obviously, you see a, a team with a bit more combination and... Um, strike out wide would probably realistically would have piled on some points in this little period where they were in front and it would have been a different game but uh, the Warriors were able to hang on and do what they do be really tough in the middle of the field and um, got away with it in the end realistically um, the dogs did put up a pretty decent representation of themselves but I thought the Warriors probably should have really stretched it out towards the back end of the game and yeah. didn't so. It was one of those sort of, uh, and we say it a lot in the previous, one of those sort of comfy 12 points. It was yeah. never in doubt, but never really going anywhere. Uh, Fanor Blake, and, or Torhu, you, you've mentioned Fanor Blake. Torhu was fantastic <laughs> again, gets your amount of work, um, plays the ball line when he needs to, um, can use soft hands. Yeah, he was doing he just, a bit of um, ball playing early, especially early in this one. He was yeah. passing well before the line. Yeah. You know, one or two forward passes in there as well, but he yeah. was he was trying to put Bunny over for a try there for about ten minutes. Every time he ran the ball up, he was looking for Bunty <laughs> to put him through a hole. Uh, made fifty tackles to go with it yeah. as well. Yeah. Mentioned him last week. He's just seems seems to get better week after week. Yeah. I don't know how you do it, but he's um, definitely not someone that's not going to get a mention most weeks. Uh, it was again just quickly. I'm trying to double check this. Uh, completion rate still 81% plus. It might have thought it might have been a bit better, but it was um, your standard, um, what we've seen from the template, that they're just going to bash you and um, keep you down there. And as you said, Johnson on top of it just kicks kicks him to death. Yeah, just well, to just looking through the middle of the field there as well, like you look at the, um, the dogs, they only had, well, they had three forwards that had more than 10 runs and only two of them got over 100 metres. You look at the the Bulldogs, they had three blokes. Uh, the Warriors had three of their forwards run over 150 metres. Yeah. And every single one of their outside backs ran over 120. Yeah. Some of them up near 200. But <laughs> it just shows you the momentum that they were building in and around the middle of the field. Because a lot of those runs from the outside backs were that first and second hit up with quick play the balls. And they were just constantly pushing the Bulldogs back for large parts of the game. Especially he's, get having, off the a, back he's having his best season in 10 years. Dallin was outstanding. Yeah. Um, Running hard. Still got an error yeah. in him, but... Oh, definitely. <laughs> I think he missed five tackles. He did. But, he was um, charging out of the line and not getting a hand yeah. on him. <laughs> but um, but a lot of desperation stuff at the right time too, and mm. um, but just running as hard as anyone yeah. on the field. Uh, and I think, I think he's been, yeah, brilliant. He's like, 
this year, really. The, the one nod I'll give the dogs is their defence was pretty good. Like, it took some good plays to unlock them. You yep. know what I mean? Like, it wasn't just barge-overs or straight-up one-on-one misses and stuff like that where the points were scored. It was nice little grubbers in behind, some some really good ball-playing and footwork from Fenua Blake to score. Like, yeah, it wasn't just yeah, soft tries for the Warriors. So. Uh, their two debutants I liked as well. I thought they were Fantastic. Good. Wilson was really good. Uh, his big he was committed as uh, the winger. Hard. Look, he yeah, was, Wilson, he oh. was safe, looked very safe. Uh, mm. It looked like a real prospect. Got and Harris Nedwins um, got through heaps of work. Mm. Uh, not necessarily similar in the Preston mould, but uh, a bit, bit ganglier, but yeah, looks bit, like he's got a future. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think they're both good. I think there's definitely Scored a try, a little bit of footwork. Yeah, there's definitely um, something to build yeah. on there. Um, the, yeah. What else do you say? This is going to be Bulldogs level, I think, for this year. Until mm. Even once they start getting bodies back, I think it'll be too little, too late. But just the commitment that you saw out of that young fellow that was on the wing. Um, even when Adokar comes back, he'd be someone I'd even be looking at maybe playing in the centres. I know mm. you do have Alamotti there, but Averillo <laughs> realistically is a week-to-week proposition. <laughs> um, so. And look, defensively, Alamotti's a concern. Starting to be no other way to say it. Starting mm. to be concerning because his edge has been, I know he's been flushed, flushed out of the wing a couple of games with injury, but um, he gets found out a lot, I feel, and uh, maybe that is what you do, try and get a Wilson or someone in the centres. Um, I don't know, next year you got Crichton coming in, so wherever that leaves Burr. Yeah, so. might be a good young pick-up for somebody else. <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, they're, they're just going to be that... They're a team you've got to beat, but until mm. they get any cavalry, they're um, not going to beat too many. Yeah. Their bench was sort of 50-50. A couple of them were good, a couple of them were Ockenball had one of his better games mm. that I've seen out of him ever, <laughs> really. <laughs> um, Preston and Reed were really strong again. Um, Alamotte, ball in hand, is very impressive. Obviously, oh. you mentioned his defensive issues, but um, he w- I thought he was very impressive again with the ball. Um, and you mentioned Edward, the, the young fellas on debut. They were fantastic. I think I've mentioned just about everybody else already. Um, oh, Montoya, I thought was quite good for the Warriors mm. out in the centres. He, um, when he's on, he's very hard to ta- very hard to tackle. But his defence isn't bad either. But he's one of those players when he's not so good. <laughs> when he's not near the best yeah. of what he puts out, he can be horrible. So isn't. But for twenty five years, we've expected the Warriors to have a rocks and diamonds centre. Curran for the last three or four weeks has been close to their, one of their yeah, better players yeah. week in and week out, considering he started pretty slowly and was in and out of the yep. team. But um, he's back to some of his best form. And I thought Sean Johnson was amazing. His kicking game was really dominant in this game. Like No one kicked anywhere near as good as Sean Johnson in this game. No. Even with the Burton bombs and all the rest of it, his kicking game and his um, general uh, general field play, getting them into field position was fantastic. He's leading three points that way. Yeah, give it to yeah no, too. I had Sean Johnson and then Fanua Blake yep. and then um, either Young Edwards on debut or Curran. Give it to Curran, I think. Curran's just been building. And Tor, who's hard done by there. Well, very hard done by. Anyway, <laughs> I, I would give him one to Tor. Expectations, I, I guess. I'm okay with that, I guess. Uh, you're right to keep going? I just thought, you know, Young Fella on debut, is, that's a pretty special effort. And as you mentioned, yeah, Curran, from his low base at the start of the year, he's... I wonder if it's an injury, whether it was just a fitness thing, getting him up and going, maybe just Mm. getting him... Might have been a bit of a clash of personalities with the coach to begin with too, who knows? You know what I mean? Playing it safe and that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, Then we got to this. (laughs) The Bluebet Stadium, 48-4. 
the Panthers absolutely put the cleaners through mm, the chooks. Uh, Vossi was throwing at every roast chicken and barbecue chicken uh, analogy you could find at night, and uh, it was certainly well, something to watch because it's something we haven't seen a lot from the Roosters, but they, quite frankly, were shit out. They were, they were embarrassing. <laughs> what the stats say? Weren't they what? Some Penrith supporters out there, mate. Fucking, haven't <laughs> they been vocal this week? Uh, hornier than a boat full of Vikings. <laughs> we had eight tries for the Panthers, one for the Roosters, eight out of eight conversions, played zero out of one for the Roosters. 89% completion, played 68%, 937-plus running metres, almost 1,000 running metres more for Penrith, and 244-plus post-contact metres. Six line breaks to four, 35 tackle busts to 30, and just that, six tackle, six line breaks. So that's telling you that five or 600 of those running metres were just straight through the middle yeah. of the field. But, um, yeah, 35 tackle busts to 30, 16 offloads to 14, two force dropouts from Penrith, 279 tackles played 411 from the Roosters. I think their middles all made 50 tackles or close enough to 10 errors to 12, three penalties conceded to four, one ruck infringement against the Roosters, one inside the 10 against the Roosters. Scotty Sorensen with his best game of his career in 175 supercoach points. Jerome Luai with 155. And then you had uh, Allen and Cleary both on 82. Yeah, they were absolutely deplorable, the Roosters. They were, uh, and you can't let you got, blame You've got to give some credit to Penrith. They uh, were yeah, fucking absolutely. amazing. They were very good. But, mate, Roosters played that bad. They played Jerome Luai into form. So um, <laughs> just, just doing it to poke action. But uh, it... Um, it was an absolute demolition yeah. job, man. They, they they came out that hyped up and aggressive at the start of this game. And you could see Leota was talking to him and he's running at him. Yeah. <laughs> Fish Harris was just grabbing blokes and belting them into the ground. And the middle of the park, the ball carrying was frightening. Like they, the contact, you could hear it come through the TV and it made me feel sick in the stomach a couple of times with some of these hits that they were putting on on both sides of the football. And their defence was probably even stronger than, than their ball running. They absolutely belted the Roosters in that first 15 minutes and they didn't want to be there anymore. They're like, fuck this. <laughs> Why are we going to keep doing this, this shit for the next hour? I don't want any part of this fucking bullshit. So they just started letting them run and let, and that's and run they did. I think Luai ran about 1,000 metres. I know they were all left, right, centres, backwards and forwards yeah, and all the out. rest of it, but he was running he all over loves, the place. Doesn't he love that hospital pass? He mm. runs right to the line. Right foot stepping goes, oh, you better get hit. And two or three times it worked for Sorensen. He just yeah. barged straight over the top of someone or straight through someone. But uh, the first 20 minutes completely put the Roosters off their game. They, I love that first try. Two fish Harris just barreling over the top. <laughs> Offload. Off to yeah. Sorensen. And um, he had the game of his life. Good on he him. He took two but, of them with him too. Fish. But um, that being said, I thought that <coughs> both Roosters, or both sides of the Roosters had... Uh, Backline edge defence was disgusting. Yeah, there was, was no when Tyrone Peachy looks like Mal Meninga, like there's issues, and that's mm -hmm. what I was saying earlier about Swahi. He made no effort to. No. There, there were, it can't be bad reads. Like it was all just lack of effort, and a few of them. Uh, I thought Billy Smith tried hard and looked probably the most dangerous in attack at times. Mm. Uh, he's a bit bigger than I realised. Yeah, he's a pretty well. solid player. He's just he? filled out, given he's you know mm. spent a few years out of the game, but um, I think he's. Almost the only shining light, apart from the defensive efforts of their, their forwards, like you said. But even as bad as their defence was, their attack was worse. Yes. They were 
you want an analogy? There were seven or eight fucking headless chickens running around. Yeah. Fucking no idea what they, where the fuck they were going, what they were doing. Well, I'll ask you this. And then just found a place to fall over and die. It was either two weeks <laughs> or three weeks ago. It might have been last week. It's one of the weeks. Um, what is the rooster's attack? And there's there's less answers after this. Yeah. No, they've always relied on the forwards just punching holes through the middle, and then yeah. you jump off the back of that. Start to go into the line and then go sideways, but they're just going directly sideways. And, like, and the, the most baffling thing is, we all thought cheese was going to be this amazing buy because it suited that game mm. to just go straight, bang, 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 and then have Tedesco or, or Kiri either mm. side of that ruck hitting a hole or finding some. And there's none of it. It's just mm. like you said, they run around into corners and away mm. from everyone else. Where mm. Hagraves is still making meters, but he's nowhere near as quick as he used to be, so yeah. he's not getting to play the balls that he used to be. Lindsay Collins has been good this year, but he was sort of a bit bashed out of this one as well. They made sure they put him on his back and turned him around facing the wrong way and all the all the rest of it when he was when yeah. he was um, running the ball. Nobody really put their nose through Penrith's line for the entirety of the night, realistically. And on the back of every forward having to make 45, 50 tackles, yeah. you just, what kind of energy are you going to have in the last half an hour of this game? And yeah, they're... I thought Manu would straighten him up. He's even started going sideways now. Um, he's not digging into the line and taking players with him. I, nobody seems to be interested in fo- this is, in playing well, um, support what I play. When all of those blokes, Manu, Smith, Tedesco, Kiri, is running a straight running game, mm. and none of them are doing it. No, they're not. They're going directly um, sideways and looking for someone else to take the hit. Yeah, Tupanua. Again, was okay, I guess, but mm. the rest of them are all... Made a few errors and missed a few yeah, tackles again. With him, but but I, I actually don't have an... Like, it's an interesting game when we get the preview show because I watched what they did against the Warriors where it was a bash on. They got absolutely hammered here. Mm-hmm. I would love to be playing the Roosters this week because yeah. I reckon they'd be gassed out, you know, panic stations, uh, and sometimes, you know, you, you hit the bottom before you bounce, but I, I actually don't think they can. Uh, and they're, they're blessed. They're playing the Dragons because literally any other team in the comp, I would have tipped... Against them this week. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do in that game yet. <laughs> so, um, and again, I, I'm just lost for lost for any answers. Mm. Uh, who else do we need to wrap? It's just the usual suspects here from um, Penrith, apart from that, isn't it? Um, well, nobody... Liam uh, Martin came... Well, we talked about in attack bashing, but Liam Martin decided he was just going to um, belt a few blokes in defence just for oh, good yeah, measure as well. Popping ribs left, right and centre. Yeah. Getting in under the ball and just you could hear the wind coming out of a few <laughs> yeah. blokes when he was hitting them. Um, Lodge was probably their best bloke with the ball. Um, he seemed to sort of carry a couple with him but never really made too much of an impact um, through the middle of the field. Their defensive effort was okay considering how much they had to do like mm. in the middle. As you said, the, the problems were the, the halves, the centres, the... You know, inside, outside of the halves and the centres, who um, really um, got carved up. But even the middle was missing tackles by the end of the game. Um, I thought Brendan Smith was okay in this game, um, but that was a very low bar set by everybody else. I think that made him look okay compared to everybody else. Um, and well, Smith, it's, it's you like, mentioned Billy Smith; he was the best of the back five. Like, there was this big spiel about how they turn him this eighty-minute hooker, and now they've just gone, "Oh, well, he's just going to play off the bench again." Mm. Uh, it's I, I don't you know obviously Trent Robinson must have some idea he's had a fair track record but every press conference after the game is the same oh we don't know you know yeah. it's our we're fault we're not hard. ready we're, we're not yeah. like well fucking when, you re- when are you getting ready cohesion, for cohesion. round 24 and 5 like 
we're just not gelling. We're not gelling. It's 11 weeks in. Yeah, that's you, what I mean. Like, when are you going to gel? You, you're one, you're seven, and, you know, you're one and you're seven have been together for fucking ages. Yeah. Like, it's not like Kiri's just turned up and Tedesco's yeah. been there forever. And you're about to lose. They're probably going to not have Tedesco for six weeks because I imagine I'll rest him in between. And now I've got Walker, you know, they've decided to pull Walker out of that combination who was doing a few decent things, you know, at least he was yeah. creating something every now and then. And um, you now got, yeah, Smith really hasn't linked up well at all with the halves. He's generally just been looking for forwards. Yeah. He doesn't seem to be, um, you know, there's no option to pass to the halves and then trail them and look for anything back on the inside yeah. or anything like that. It's just a distribution role when it goes to the outside backs. Yeah. So. He's more working with the guys in and around um, the middle of the field, but but I couldn't tell you who the halves are trying to look like. The halves aren't looking up with anyone either. Mm. They're just yeah. But there's nobody really going forward. Like you, you've always seen, Tedesco would generally hit an outside shoulder and go directly at the opposition, and then you'd have people following him and yeah. whatever, whatever would build off the back of that would build off the back of that. But they just seem to be going sideways or very slowly into the line. Yeah. I, I, like I said, I, I, I sort of said Newcastle might be gone a few weeks back and turns out maybe they're not <laughs> in the Cowboys, but <laughs> I think the Roosters might be gone. There we go. I, I, I can't see them making the eight. It's it, not it'll be a good. tremendous run if they do. But and as soon as they get behind, they drop their heads. The enthusiasm's well, I gone. I don't That's... think they know how to get back into games. Like some teams become manic, like Parramatta, who we'll get to. Yeah, yeah. Sharks will um, be the same. They get a bit like sloppy. They just, it, there's, there's no calmness either. It's just. But for just a team there. that's been so process driven for years. That's what I mean. Like, they I don't, don't have one. It doesn't anymore. make sense. Mm. Uh, have they lost assistant coach? Like, is there blokes that were in that mm. system that aren't there? I'm not sure. Fitzy's gone. But maybe Fitz, maybe Fitzgibbon. He maybe was their defence coach. But um, who else was in and is around there? there? Riles is. Is Riles still at, there? He's looking at going. He's there at the moment. Yeah, but he's the one yeah. that. He's there at the moment. But. There's, there's talk some. of him leaving yeah. too. Like. But I wonder if there's other people just that have gone on to other other things. I'm trying to, like Fitzgibbon's the obvious, but he's been out of that system for a couple of years now. Year so. and a half, yeah, year and a bit. Yeah, I, I don't know. Anyway, Penrith, <laughs> Penrith look good. Penrith, you know, Penrith scary. Brilliant. They're that scary now. Scary. And you've yeah, probably absolutely. now got to say, well, okay, this is. They what put that performance. Making. They beat anyone with that performance. Yeah. Like. Sometimes, as I said, sometimes I tend to. Ignore. Obviously, if the opposition the real gives mar- it back to them, it's yeah. a, bit, it's the, a whole different story. The real story, big margins, I tend to ignore sometimes, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'm I'm not here for the Roosters, and I said that. If someone aims up and gives it back to them, yeah, different story. Yeah. But yeah, the, most of the comp are going to get belted yeah. against that kind of effort. Yeah, yeah. The, their next biggest test will see what they'll drop games through Origin now. Yeah, uh, you would think so. Just on um, losing five players blokes, out, losing yeah. five blokes, unfortunately. Or, Probably drop games, and that just keeps them out of keeps South and Southfield too, but keeps them just back with the pack a little bit. No. Uh, look, I thought I'm going to give three points to Sorensen because I thought he set the game up for yeah, them. Yeah, absolutely, uh, little obviously for two, uh, and I was going to give Peachy one because I thought he had. A pre- I know it was perhaps flattered as I suggested, but he still did the job. He um, mm-hmm. he had a lot of work to do for that try, and he had a lot of work to do for a couple of the. Yeah, yeah. Try assists, but where else? You know, clear is the only other obvious. Or really, Martin, or maybe. Not Fish Harris actually. Yo did plenty of work, but I but thought Peachy might have. You know, I just thought he was yeah. had a great game. No, I'm happy with Probably that. His best game in three or four years. Uh, you're right to keep going. Or you want to freshen? Yeah, yeah, no, I'm fine. But yeah, there was there's no Penrith player that wasn't good. Every That's single right. one of them yeah. was good, and the re- and the really good ones were amazing. Like they just. Yeah. Anyway. 
Saturday kicked off 20 to nil uh, in an absolutely nothing happening game. What well, was it? <laughs> a nothing happening game. It was to the last 15 minutes or so. There wasn't a lot going on. The last six minutes. It was uh, I'll bash you. You bash 20 me. 20 <laughs> nil. Uh, it was it was fine. It was, you know they were in for both teams were up for the fight. Both teams were probably happy. We're probably more focused on completion. What did the stats say? Yeah, we had 20 to nil, three tries to nil, three out of three conversions for the Souths. One out of one penalty attempts, 85% completion played 86%. 306 plus running metres for South Sydney, six line breaks to one, 29 tackle bust to 14, six offloads apiece, one forced dropout from both sides. 356 tackles played 380, nine errors to seven. Two penalties conceded by Souths, five conceded by the Tigers. One ruck infringement against Souths, one inside the 10 against... The West Tigers, Milne with 131 Supercoach points, Mitchell with 91, and Campbell Graham with 86. That's pretty good considering he touched the ball about five times, I think. He did. I reckon game. it was about five times, and I shit myself every time he did. So. Uh, yeah, as I, said, I think uh, Tigers, look, were in the wrestle for 60 minutes, and I just think... Good performance. The, it was. I, was, I, I would have loved him to keep it to 6 or 8 or 10. 10 nil, I thought, would have been... A fairish reflection, but when they've got Latrell Mitchell and everyone's cooked, what are you going to do? Like, yeah, absolutely. So, um, but what, what, how do you really analyse this? Both teams play, Tigers play still have their attacking issues. Um, Souths are one of the better defensive yeah. uh, teams, but they didn't really break them open at many points in the well, game either. So. I think Souths have put 30 on Penrith and on mm. um, Brisbane and, and Co. Yeah. this year. So Tigers have got the game. They've found their game plan three weeks ago when they won their first game. That's the way that you're going to see them play for the majority of the year. And for mine, it's, I'm pretty sure that Souths were told by their coach, go out and play the Tigers' game plan. Play exactly the way they're going to play. Get down, get dirty, do all the stuff through the middle of the field, complete high, don't make mistakes, and we'll get them at the end of the game. Mm. And it's pretty, you know. They did, yeah. I was pretty sure they were told, don't do anything stupid. We're not here to, you know, work on our attacking game. We're here to work on our grit and our grind, and we're gonna, that's what we're going to do in this game. And they did it to a T. Sort of a hard game to spend much more time on, really, because, uh, as I said, Campbell Graham was – he didn't really touch the ball, but he, he was scary in the times he did. Mm-hmm. Always was – he had – I don't know if he had many line breaks, but he nearly had five. Yeah. <laughs> um, Tane Milne finished very well uh, both yeah, his tries and had a real good yeah. um, real good game physically as well. Mm-hmm. Um, was involved in it a lot. Yep. Uh, Latrell's Latrell. Cody Walker had a quietish game. Cook had a quietish game, but um, – Mm. I guess it was. I got a feeling both of them would have um, just been happy on the verge of origin, just getting through, you know, picking up two the Tigers' biggest problem was they, they hurt themselves a bit in this game, I thought. There was, what, four errors and five penalties in the first sort of half an hour of the game when they're at their freshest, yeah. when they were physically dominant and at I reckon times. Two of them, at least two of them were in their attacking, in mm. uh, South's territory. And the, you know, yeah. yeah, and that's when they were at their best. Yeah. That's when they were the freshest. That's when they were physically, they were dominating South's. Okay. Not often, but there were points in the game where they were physically dominant over South's. Um, short periods, they, but and, and periods. And once again, I'm fairly certain they dominated the red zone mm-hmm. minutes. I think they had yep. a lot of attacking options there. Um, and they just don't have, they've got two secondary halves and mm. two halves, Two half halves don't make yeah. a full half is a problem. You've got a you've got a young, uh, exciting fullback out there, but he needs some people to put him in the right He's positions. Green, so, is green. Yeah. Uh, what I love about uh, what I love about Baller but is he, he, no matter uh, how good your fullback is, he needs the blokes inside him right. to be putting him into the right spot. Um, so, but he's a bloke's only been playing proper so footy what, for a three, couple of years, three and full, so st- full even, full just, even just even um, just first grade. 
you can see picking his times when to run and mm. like yeah, there's yeah, times absolutely. where he, he'll pop a ball out to the winger where you think just go into the line. Attacks the ball when it's put um, up in the air. Yeah, attacks the, def- the defensively, defensively. Absolutely sound. Mm. Like I can't remember having a Tigers fullback. His positioning's just, quite good for a young fellow yeah, too. Yeah, like I mm. can't remember. It's been a long, long time since you just feel comfortable when a bomb goes up with the Tigers <laughs> playing. But there's a few times when he when he runs in a more talking attack, if he just takes a line on, you probably open up the yeah. space for the outside backs. But across the board, they've now got quite good and quite destructive outside backs. They're just not getting any ball. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, I'd good love ball. to see... More look, good ball, ball, I should say. Yeah. But you'd love to see um, even the occasional early shift, but just give them a chance to get those big bodies, your toes, mm. uh, your two-pose one-on-one with some blokes. And... They're going to score points themselves, but they're just yep. not getting, not getting that. I know they've made a play for Sean Johnson, and fair. They, they just need someone to get through yeah. a year so they can get their 18, 19 halves into into the system better. Uh, the who, Tigers did stretch Souths occasionally, but the Tigers did look like honestly did look stretched a lot when well, Souths did go Well, the last fifteen minutes, wide. it was. Um, like they scrambled it, it well, was, and the, the, the defensive it, effort was fantastic, <laughs> but. There were a lot of yeah. times where they had to scramble. I think I to... saw someone on Twitter put up the analogy that uh, it's Homer Simpson versus uh, in his boxing career, like yeah. they were just standing and waiting <laughs> no punches, to be punched. They just, just weren't getting punches. knocked out, but they had no punch to throw back. Yeah. And I think that was a fair analogy in this game. Yeah, pretty much. Um, Buller and Toa, uh, Stafford Toa, is really the last couple of games have been fantastic from him. Yeah. Um, Stefano and Clemmer were, were pretty good. Brooks and Twa were, were also good. But um, I thought Bateman and Papali, Papali were the best great. two players for the Tigers. Yeah. Um, Papali's best game for, for the Tigers. And Bateman did look threatening. I'd, we had this conversation during the weekend. Um, I'd like to see him go move into 13, to be honest. I think yeah. Pole's probably better to play on an edge. He's more of a just a straight hole runner and, you know, catch, catch the ball and go through. And I think Bateman has something to offer with the short kick and a bit of ball playing yeah, in and around the middle of the field. The, the, so the most likely they looked at screens when he had the ball in his hand. So no. I'd like to see him being able to play on both sides of the field and try to link up with some people because you, there's not that much of that going on no, at the right. moment. So why not? Um, why not encourage it? But um, th- that'd be something I'd be doing for them. Um, Graham looked really dangerous and worked hard, especially when he ball in hand. He looked like he had flies on him. That was hard to tackle. Milne finished really well. Their halves were fantastic again. Ilias is just building without, you know, being he's, – he's not the, the top three players every week, but he's he's in and around there and he does his job week in, week out. He's building into being a very consistent um, number seven for Souths. Uh, all of their forwards, starting forwards were good. I thought Jai Arrow was fantastic. Um, he's really hit a rich vein in form the last couple of weeks and another one that's probably another origin contention. <laughs> another origin contention. Um Cook was Cook was great. I thought um, Liam Knight's working his way back well from being out of the game for a little while. Um, not doing anything terrific, but yeah, all right. Trell and Murray were the best two players on the field. Yeah, in my opinion. Um, well, the, whether yeah, well, whether you give it to Murray for the work or Trell for the the finishing and the execution. In a workhorse game, you'd probably two. give it to Murray. Yeah. Uh, that said, like well. At risk of sounding dumb, if Latrell's playing for the Tigers, the Tigers win. Well, Souths probably don't score a try, do they, without Latrell? That's right. In this and the Tigers game. probably score three, and it's probably 20 nil. So, um, so yeah, from that point of view, maybe give it to Latrell. Give it to Latrell. Give it to Latrell. Three, two to Murray. Yeah. Uh, and then I had the, your two. I had Bateman or Papi. Papali. Give it to Papi, actually. Yeah. Probably his first point of the year. Uh, just want to mention, Davin really mentioned, uh, Clemmer... 
a sort of day. He's missed one tackle all year. I think he's been Seriously? absolutely fantastic. Wow. Uh, for the Tigers. and Twile's been I, giving I him some tackling practice. <laughs> I don't, can't imagine him in contention, but he's honestly no. one of the form props. He was last year too, and I copped a bit of hate last year from giving him raps when he was up at Newcastle, but I thought the last, no, back end of last year, he was playing fantastically he's been, well. He's, he's been outstanding. But yeah, because I mentioned him this time last year in and around, I think it was yeah. the third origin, as someone I'd be looking at to bring in. And I copped a bit of shit for that, but I think he's been fantastic for 12 months now. So Yeah. Uh, then we got to this guy, right? To get going, man. Yeah, yeah. 42-22, Cowboys and Dragons. Uh, the five thirty game from Saturday. What did the stats say here? Seven tries to four. Six out of seven conversions played. Three out of four. One out of one. Two point field goals, and it was a fifty meter job too. I'm pretty yeah, sure. <laughs> Smacked it. Seventy one percent completion for the Cowboys. Sixty three percent for the Dragons. Two hundred and four plus running meters for the Cowboys. Ten line breaks to three. 25 tackle busts to 28, eight offloads to four, two force dropouts from both sides, 320 tackles from the Cowboys, 299 from the Dragons, 12 errors to 13, four penalties conceded to five, three ruck infringements against the Cowboys and one sin bin against the Dragons. Uh, Lukey with 121 supercoach points, Val Holmes with 92, and then you had Jack DeBellin and Kyle Felt both on 84 points. Yeah, well, what do you make of this? Uh, well, they were good was for a, about three minutes, the Dragons. Yeah. <laughs> well, this was a game that, yeah, this that Sinbin just absolutely killed them. That was the end of it. That was the end of the game, and they blew out from there. So, but did say, After they scored that try, the bell and barge over, they were all pumped, enthusiasm, everything going their way. Three minutes later, they'd given up. Yeah. <laughs> they did say, didn't want, weren't interested yeah. in being out there anymore. And the... All it was was two or three good runs and a line break from the Cowboys, and they just basically put their head down. I don't know what's going on there. They just, yeah, they're completely disconnected, that team. I don't, I'm not sure if half of them like the other half, to be honest, because they just don't seem to be interested in working together to do anything together. Um, their defence was fucking horrible. Yep. They did not, they were not interested in using their tackle, their shoulders to make a tackle for about 40 minutes after they scored that first try. The amount of jersey grabs and just like complete misses that I saw in that 30 minute, the, the rest of that first half was astounding. Like blokes just running past and not getting touched or someone was sticking arms out and grabbing a jersey and just getting brushed past by yeah. Val Holmes. There was so and many photos Lukey, of, um, of either Dragons players lying on the ground afterwards after they've done the big swan dive mm. or you know, just being brushed aside that were all over after the game and it was... And there's no way in the world you're going to win a, a first-grade game of football in the NRL with that kind of tackle technique. I, d I don't know who teaches them how to tackle or <laughs> what's going on, but they, they just did not seem interested at all in the collision in this game, and that's no. where, where they lost it, especially in that first half. They got blown off the field in the first half because they weren't interested in making tackles. I, like, we'll, we'll just quickly move on from the Dragons because you're right, it's lack of effort. I don't... We, I think we... Tipped them in the conversation for a spoon for the spoon. No, I, I, I think they, the I think they end up, mm. I think they end up there because it's. It can't I think get we both tipped for the I think spoon. we did, yeah. yeah. Uh, and Ollie tipped the Warriors, so it's going well. Mm -hmm. um, because when you're disconnected, you're now losing. I, I would be shocked if players aren't off the ship by the end of the year because mm. I think they'll just start cutting ties. They're already out there, whether they did like it, or whether they deny it or not, they're already out there. So. It's only going to get worse before it gets better. Uh, and like I said, the weird thing is they're playing the Roosters this week, which is an interesting one. <laughs> like, Mo, like Moses Sully, 
could be a, could be the best centre in the game, yeah. but he can't catch. Like he's, it's he's honestly, to hold the ball, doesn't he? I think there's five he's unforced errors and five either. errors, and he can't and he can't five errors and five handling errors but, uh, across the game. Just quickly, and on some of them are just like the ball being passed. And he does this and he goes straight through his hand into touch. It's you just we'll, we'll, I will leave the dragons alone, but <laughs> their attack is the problem. You have a look at all these tries as well in this game. Mm. The majority of them didn't come off. Anything good that they did? No. It was soft defence from the Cowboys with DeBellin just barging over, or the winger I think went through three of them and scored a try, um, or it was a little, or it was a bounce of the ball off a kick or a bomb. Yeah. Like they didn't create points; they just sort of happened. Whereas last week Sullivan was out there and scored two tries off his own back, gets hooked after 20 minutes and doesn't come back. <laughs> Especially if you're trying to experiment with the young bloke in the halves, why would you? Like, I know he fucked up and got sent for 10 minutes. Yeah. But w why would you leave him? Well, on, especially when you're trailing like, by 20 anyway, or 30 anyway. <laughs> I, it, it was bizarre. It, I, like, I, obviously, Hook's got no interest in the future, and he hasn't done for this majority of this season, probably even the back end of last year. Yeah. Which has been a big down, like a big thing that he's been criticised for his whole coaching career. But yeah. But this thing, and it makes you. Well, We'll see where it heads now, but you see the rocks and diamonds from Sloan, and like he was, he wasn't interested in after this game either. No. Um, and you just go, well, it's probably potentially a career that now is going nowhere and may not go anywhere because unless got he no gets a coach in there and excites him, or he moves yeah, on, somewhere or he else. ends up in the UK and tearing him apart, no. or whatever. Like that's it. I, I they need to. There'll be 10 blokes here that probably won't be there next year, and mm. I don't know who they're going to go and get to come in. So, I don't know. Uh, I'll, the only bloke like I wrap, the, uh, Jack DeBellin is playing actually really yeah, good Yeah, he's footy. been playing fantastic. Um, and Jack Bird was really good in this yeah. game as well. And they are two of the more aggressive physical players yeah. in this team. And the, the point I was just about to make, it's been their biggest issue all year. Yeah. They just seem uninterested in getting physical and aggressive with their opposition. I don't know if that's a training thing. They don't train that way. They only train skills and fitness, or yeah. the, you know. But that's a big part of NRL football. Yeah, you have to get physical and you have to well, be Matt dominant. Matt Cooper every week apparently volunteers to be a defensive coach. So <laughs> right. there's worse blokes to be defensive. Yeah, coach, absolutely. But but yeah, Jack Bird again was fantastic. I thought in this game, and yeah. he's been probably one of their shining lights for the last three or four weeks, along with you, Ben Hunts when he gets the opportunity, and Jack DeBellin. But there's not a lot else going on in this side. Ravalar was steady, and when he gets his opportunities, he's good. He finishes well enough. He's a winger. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Cowboys, yeah, got to be the Cowboys. So mm, they created some really nice scoring opportunities, yeah. actually. A lot of their tries were actually really nice ball movement and um, some individual efforts with Holmes in his footwork again, carving up some carving up some pretty poor defence out there. And Dean ran through a couple of times, and I think he's, he scored a double again. Starting to score a few tries, young did. Um, but, um, yeah, they they flattered a little bit by the Dragons' defence, but they did create some really nice tries, I thought. Well, end of the day, when you get time and space, uh, mm. to use your cliche, they, you get to show that you're a genuine good first-grade footballer. Drew yeah. Quarter given that and um, looked at his best, as he does. But uh, And as you said, did with the head of steam up, got to mm. um, look great and he's ready to go. Should they need him? He's another one for Queensland if they need him. And Lukey so. was physically dominant over anyone that was standing in front of him. <laughs> he was just bumping them off, running past them, running over him. He was back yeah. to what he was 
just before. Um, yeah, well, he's, he's still, you've got to remember, the bloke hasn't played that much for yeah. you. Like, I think he's probably got 25 games under his belt. Like, yeah. it's God knows they need bit of injuries size. and all the rest of it. And, yeah, yeah. So. They, they've needed size all year. So well, I had him as my breakout player last year, and Nanai yeah. was obviously the one that did it, and um, he's gone through injuries and all the rest of it. But there's a lot of skill in that young bloke, and give him a bit more size and a bit more game time, he's going to be dangerous for opposition. Definitely, and deserve both those tries. Mm. Um, really did. Uh, you touched on Val Val, his best, probably his best game of the year mm-hmm. as well. Um, fast footwork real quick. from him yeah. uh, and looked on. Um, and and as I sort of said a couple of weeks back, Cowboys are the biggest, oh, last week, the biggest energy team yeah. almost in the comp. And they, they've got that back now. I think last week, Reece Barker, and they've gone back to just going, well, like, we can out. We're going to be physical in the middle. And, 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 yeah. uh, it's working Just continue to so, work. Uh, good for them. They've put a couple together, uh, got up and going again. They're going to head into the dire realms of Lackheart this week, so we'll see how that gets dragged down or amped up so, and what that might mean. But um, yeah, It's a bit uh, of a black hole for skill, that ground, isn't yeah, it? <laughs> it seems to go the, out the window. All, all across the board, um, though they were good. Everyone that expected to be good was good. So Yeah, absolutely. We'll, again, they've maybe, in hindsight, hitting the roosters and dragons at the right time, so we'll see <laughs> if they can do three in a row. But... Uh, I was giving Lukey to three. Yeah. I was giving Val a two mm-hmm. and Dearden one. I had Jack Bird, but nah, they got either way. Yeah, shit. Yeah, fair enough. Fuck them. <laughs> All right, 26-18, another physical game Saturday evening down at GIO. The Raiders beat the Eels and put them into, well, I don't know if they're going to make the eight this year. Put Teetering it that way. on the edge of oblivion, I, the Eels. D- yeah, it's a land. To be frank, it feels starting to feel a long way back. But anyway, absolutely. Uh, what the stats say? At four tries to three, three out of four conversions played. Two out of three, two out of two penalty attempts for the Raiders. One out of one for Parramatta. Eighty-three percent completion played. Sixty-eight percent. One hundred and three plus post contact meters for Canberra. Two line breaks to five. Twenty-four tackle busts played. Sixteen. Eleven offloads to seven. Two forty twenties from the Raiders. 289 tackles played, 353 from Parramatta, nine errors to 12. Three penalties conceded to 10, two ruck infringements to zero, one sin bin to zero for the Raiders. Hopgood with 80 supercoach points, Hudson Young with 78, and Tomoko with 69. Pretty entertaining game footy, as you mentioned. Physical, um, Parazil discipline and their hit and miss attack was their biggest problem, realistically, again. Yeah, a um, para just on the discipline, they... Are in the discussion for the dumbest side in a comp. Close they to it. Generally, yeah. at like, and, and it's they, back to back dumbs. too. If yeah. they don't just do one and then ten minutes no. later do another one, they'll lose their absolute mind for five ten minutes and give away three penalties or drop a ball, give away a ruck infringement, and then a penalty oh. on the back of it, and, and then whinge about it. And blow up <laughs> and then. Canberra's attitude and strong defence was probably the main reason that things ended up turning out the way that they did. Um, they were very committed again, Canberra, and you have to give it to them. Uh, well. They're not the most, um, they're not the greatest attacking team in the world. They're starting to get better in each week, and their defence has been as good as most teams, realistically, especially the better ones at the moment. Um, the Parramatta's going to struggle to win any game if they keep making 10 plus errors and giving away, you know, double figure penalties week after week. And it's been yeah. a consistent theme <laughs> the, for Parramatta. The, the thing with Parramatta is they're not only dumb, uh, and I'm. T- we all love Gutho's effort and everything, but they're also the most frantic team in the comp. Mm. Like, when if they're behind by six, it's panic stations. It just, it's like, 
fuck. Like, it's just full freak-out mode, yeah. feels like. We're going to hit this edge. We're um, going to hit that yeah, edge. Yeah, it's like, and if you're not there, balls, cut out oh, balls. and then they start, mm-hmm. well, mm-hmm. fucking that was supposed to be your... Blah, blah, blah. Uh, and whether that's a reflection of their leadership group, whether it's mm-hmm. Gutho, Moses when he's there, whether the loss of Reed, well, they would like that a bit last year. But, like, it's just to their detriment, and that's not a reflection either because they're obviously fantastic players. Yep. But they're just... Um, it just they just become so frantic, and it just feels like mm. it feels like they'll be down by four, and it feels like they're down by twelve with three minutes left, and they might have twenty minutes to just work back into the game. Yep. And it it just felt the the last half of this game just felt like that. It felt like they were chasing. Yeah, they were this just lead that they sloppy and just, stupid. If they and, and honestly, with the a lot of the chances they had, if they would just gone through and completed and played sensible foot, they would probably win this game. Yep, absolutely. Um, but it and it, that's been the theme of Parramatta all year. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being said, it was – I've cut you off. I'll let you finish. No, no, you're all right. Um, it's pretty tough for the first half an hour. Um, both teams sort of trading back and forth, up field position, possession, and um, physicality. The They were both giving away errors and penalties at the start of the game, but Canberra fixed that up, which went a big part to the way of um, them gaining the ascendancy. But once the tries started in this game, they just poured in. I think there was five tries in about 15 minutes – if you include both sides, um, after Hopgood scored and then Canberra came straight back and scored again and then five minutes into the first half, like, Tomoko has gone to another level this year. He has been absolutely leaving blokes for dead, <laughs> running over the top of them or stepping around them and just making them look silly. He's yeah. been close to par- uh, close to Canberra's best player for the entirety well, of the just year. Just getting clean ball. He's fast, he's strong um, and... For the first sort of three or four weeks, he was at any ball he was getting was on the line. Like, but he's going like, through the middle as well. Yeah, like he was like going he, through the middle of the ruck in this game yeah. and just leaving blokes for dead. And then you had Hudson Young jumping in on the back and Corey Osborne as well. And they really busted up the middle of Parramatta there when they were in that full flow. Like I've said for a couple of years now, once they start getting into that rotation of their forwards, they just drop off massively for about a 20 to 30 minute period yeah. when Paulo and RCG are off the field. Obviously, RCG is not here, so that doesn't help. Madison has strengthened it up a bit, but they still get really loose in the middle of the field when they're going through their forward rotations. Mm-hmm. And Canberra really took advantage of it with, um, yeah, Horsburgh and Tomoko causing all sorts of problems. I wonder if they had their time over, there. they would have just forked out the extra 100k for probably. Yeah. I think that was the <laughs> I think they probably would have. Yeah. Um, there was a couple of nice kicks uh, for for tries. Madison and Hopgood were were Parramatta's best forwards. You could chuck Davey in there as well. I thought he had a pretty good uh, game, and he's been impressive actually since he's gone back to Parramatta for the last two games. He's been one of their better players. Um, the halves are okay. Gutho, Sivo, and Penasini were probably the best of their back five, but they didn't have a huge amount of impact. Like Penasini broke it open a couple of times with some good ball running, but he's another one that's good with ball in hand, but has defensive issues where he gets very lost and yeah. gets beaten on the inside and outside shoulder. So um, it's just never great. Um, Horsburgh and Gula were good. Gula's another one who's actually gone to another level this year. I think he's been a lot more consistent and a lot more physical than what he's been doing, and he was good again here. Their halves are really good in this game. I, I know he was outstanding. Jesus I know God. Whiten was um, was pretty good running the ball, but to me it seems they've gone away from Whiten being first choice now, and they've gone to Fogarty. Yeah, they've made Fogarty the man. He's the one who's in control. He's the one who's deciding what they're doing and where they're going, and it's to their benefit. 
Yep. Whiten was one that gets a bit lost in, oh, I've got to do this for everybody else and I've got to do that, whereas Fogarty seems a much cooler head and we just need to get to this position and we just need to contain the pressure and it'll happen. You know, a beautiful 40-20. Nobody stopped at that thing. I think it landed, what, five metres from the sideline just skidded straight over. Yeah. It was a brilliant 40-20. Whiten kicked one in the first half too and they were two big momentum changes in this game, the, the two 40-20s that they did kick. But um, Whiten's defence was outstanding as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But Fogarty was instrumental in most yeah. of their points. Like he's another one with a pinpoint kicking game. When you get down inside the opposition's thirty metres, you know that there's going to be pressure on. The yeah. the bomb's going to be in the right position. The grubber's going to be in the right spot, and it's just going to consistently ask questions of Parramatta. And they're not one of the better teams. The dealing. No. With diffusing kicks in behind the line and um, and bombs to corners. So. No, um, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Fogarty because uh, he didn't do anything wrong. Like, no, I can't mm. fault any of his kicking. The only other player point. I thought was better was Tarpano. I was about to say, his second mm. stint, when he came <laughs> back on um, for that second stint, he changed the game. And he does it week in and week but out. But that, he this was, was his best performance. Very this impressive. Year. This yeah. is what he was doing back end of last year. Uh, and I thought he was um, absolutely fantastic. I thought, um, especially if Tom Horser had been off. Um, he, he got them going to score during that period, I think it was, and then um, just kept going with them and then dragged the rest with him. He was just so good in this game. Um, Young again, consistent efforts, diving on balls for scoring tries. Yeah. Just cons- cons- He's one of the, their better cover tacklers as well. He always seems to be the one there that if there's half a break, he's the one f- flying in around the legs to bring him down and... Yeah, he's, he's really proven himself yeah. as a top-class yeah. first and grader. And Chris looks sharp again. So. Yeah, 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 His positioning now is one of the better ones that I can see week in and week out from a fullback. Rarely does a kick go in and him be nowhere near the ball, whereas one of the most experienced fullbacks in the game on the opposition side is one of the guys that seems to be missing more often than he probably should be when a ball goes in behind yeah, the line. Absolutely. So. Um, yeah, grave concerns for Parrot. And a little bit nervous about Canberra because they can, they've can. they now you know, mm. looking at five, six in a row and they've got, a, they've got a fantastic draw, like a really good draw from where if they keep playing the way they are playing. They're, a forward pack that's going to match most of um, them. They're mm. looking um, on for the eight suddenly. And, <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Um, <laughs> so are a lot of other teams. So Yeah, no, a lot will change in the next six to eight weeks. Mm. Origin will have a big part to play in what's going to happen and... Injuries and suspensions, uh, I think a lot of the latter will look a lot different six, eight weeks down the track from now. I'm going I'm going to give three points to Fogarty, uh, two yeah. points to Tapani, and uh, one to Tomoko. I'm happy with that. Yeah, I had Young, Tomoko, Horsburgh. There was a couple of them there, but... We'll stick with that. Yeah, uh, I'm happy with that. Beautiful. And uh, Sunday kicked off with the... Uh, we've predicted points. And yes. we, we got plenty of them. We got <laughs> 62 in uh, 72, in fact, with um, the Knights 46, Titans 26. It's the fifth week in a row the Titans have scored 26. So <laughs> who'd have thought? Well, yeah, I got mentioned a few times around. But um, the traps. That was the story. Uh, yeah. Interesting first half, and then the last 15 minutes, Ponga. Blew them away, really. But what the stats say for? Yeah, we had eight tries to five, six out of eight conversions played, three out of five, one out of one penalty attempts for Newcastle, eighty-two percent completion played, sixty-nine percent, two hundred thirty-nine plus running meters and one hundred twenty plus post contact meters for Newcastle. Four line breaks from both sides, 
44 tackle bus played 32, seven offloads apiece, one force dropout for Newcastle, one 40-20 for Newcastle. 290 tackles played 322, nine errors to 12, four penalties from both sides, two ruck infringements against the Titans, Ponga with 114 supercoach points, Fafita with 111, and Brian Kelly with 90. What do you make of it all? Yeah, 45 minutes of pretty good footy, back and forth for, for 45 minutes there. Um, the Knights seemed to be a little bit stronger stronger early in the middle of the field, probably the first 15 or 20 minutes, and then the Titans went on a bit of a rampage with David Fafita down that left-hand edge. And, um, yeah, they were, they were really hitting back backwards and forwards. There was some really nice tries scored realistically in this game. I know there was a few defensive errors to go along with them, but um, there, there was some really nice football displayed to, to create points. Um, Titans scored early in the in the second half, and it's, they seemed to lose all momentum after um, Young Campbell scored that try five minutes into well, the, into the like second half. It felt like they were going to just turn around and, and blow them away. Yeah. And then... Pong and decided to start running the ball. Yeah. Um, hasn't well, run the ball like the that for Kay a long time. Kaelin, um, so we, we, we sort of said dry track, and um, we want to see him, you know, Queensland want him to see him step up. And... He just got served up the Titans' edges. And it was which, the left in, side in, as well, in, in, yeah, which in is his favourite side. He got the left Titans' left defence, which is in, I think, them and Manly right are the worst. Defense, yeah. Our right defence are the worst in the comp. Yeah. And it was just there on a platter, mm -hmm. fast track. And uh, we probably should have been they more bullish. Didn't on lay a hand honest. on him a couple of times. No. He just went straight through, carved them to pieces. Uh, Miller jumped in as well on the back, on the other side of the field with some nice passing to set up some points for Gay Guy. Gay Guy was destructive again with yeah. his ball running. Um, one who may not make the Queensland side, but probably... Yeah, apparently not. Who misses out? Could do. Who would um, be ahead of him, sorry? Am I missing him? No idea. I'd, I'm not I'm sure who they said they were going to exchange him with, but... Um, Val and Gay guy sort of are obvious, aren't they? Yeah, I would think so. Uh, especially how good he has been with ball in hand. He's been back to some of his best, actually. Mm. He's been moving really well, uh, which he, he wasn't sort of doing at the back end of last year, but he's really starting to move well who again. missing? Someone we didn't mention actually on just because uh, you mentioned him is Frizzell has been in talking back rowers for mm, Origin. He yeah. should be in that discussion. He's, he's been, been outstanding. He's been really good. But, um, one I don't think they will co go back to, but um, no. yeah, uh, it's, yeah. Miller got a little bit more involved on that right hand side, and they seem to sort of play both sides of the field again without linking up too much, but. Um, yeah, they blew them away in 15 minutes. I think they scored four or five tries in about 15 minutes and that was the end of it. The yep. Titans were never getting back into the game. The last 10 minutes, they went back to the tip for tat. <laughs> we score, you score. Um, through the through the middle of the field, Titans, Tino and Mo were fantastic, I thought, um, in the middle of the field. Tanner Boyd had another good, very, very good game. Um, Starting to sort of find his feet as their number seven and get, yeah. get him around the field. Clean kicker. A clean kicker mm. and a clean goal kicker. Really good. Khan Pereira and Kelly were dangerous when they were put in the right positions and they, they looked quite good. But Fafita was their best player by a mile and probably the best player on the field or close enough to if you take away the 10-minute period where Ponga just completely carved <laughs> them up. Um, well, what about his pace to um, to outrun... Ponger and Miller over 90 metres. That was like yep. just a physical freak. Um, but he, like we've said all year, he deserves no risk, but he's just on the hard work he does as well. Yeah, as I said, we mentioned Gay Guy and how well he's moving at the mo at the moment. And Mars is just a bulldozer when he <laughs> gets the opportunity. Good luck stopping him from 10 out when he's running as fast as he can straight at you. 
Well, um, again, another one, four blokes barreled him over and he just chucked him off. That'd be right. Yep. Both their halves were good. Um, I thought it was, it was Hastings, wasn't it? Or was it? Yeah, Hastings played half, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I thought he was fantastic in this game. His kicking game was really good and set up their field position. And um, obviously Ponga exploded at the back end of the game. Uh, Crossland was really good at dummy half, I thought. Kicked the, I think he kicked the 40-20 as well. Yeah, 40-20, um, and he won it. I think he had the bomb for And his defence is, considering last year when they were defending him at six, they were, teams were just running at him for fun. His defence in the middle of the field has actually been quite good for a smaller bloke who's been playing hooker for the last few weeks. Elliot did put in a decent shift coming off the bench and um, someone they've missed and will add a little bit to this side coming back in. And Frizzell was their best forward, I thought. Yeah. Again, um, and he's been probably every second week he seems to be their best forward. So, I think Leo Thompson's growing into mm, a good yeah, front row, to a good absolutely. front row option now. He, yeah. Um, had, had, had several hard runs through that game and... Um, I think because with all the hoo-ha about Ponga, and, and rightfully so, it was only 15 minutes. So uh, Ponga got to do what he got to do because of Jackson Hastings' um, generalship. And yeah, isn't it ironic what you know, Luke Brooks might have been able to use with another year with him behind the forward pack? But anyway, um, I thought, yeah, Hastings has been a great buy, a, a low-key mm. good buy for a, for a team. Uh, what else? I think Not a great deal. That's yeah, it. I had um, Ponga or Fafita, pick, pick which way you go. Obviously, Fafita was probably more consistent and dangerous over a longer period. I but for, uh, give three Fafita. Like no. we, 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 we tend to pick on the 80-minute yeah. efforts. Give yep. two to Ponga. Yep. And where we going uh, next? Frizzell or Tino. Another two blokes who just absolutely worked their backside off. Give it to off. Frizzell. Yep. Uh, and as usual, well, Tino and Mo get their honorary mention every week <laughs> when the Titans play. But um, even Titans' last try, um, which got my multi up, uh, for disaster nice. class, it was Mo's... Um, Big run at, in the last minute that set him up for that try. So he keeps trying. Like I said, he, Nelly uh, he, you know, should be on the verge of back in the Queensland team. We wrap up the round with the 20-14 sea, the Sharks and the Seagulls. To use a cliche, a game of two halves, Barn. Yeah. Um, two tries to three, two out of two conversions for Manly, three out of three for the Sharks. One penalty attempt, uh, one... Successful attempt from both both sides. 85% completion for Manly, 82% for the Sharks. I think they were at about 96% in the first half. So yeah. they dropped a bit of ball in the second half. Three line breaks to four. 23 tackle bust to 39. 11 offloads for Manly, seven for Cronulla. Three force dropouts by Cronulla. 315 tackles played, 388. Eight errors to 10. Four penalties conceded to 12 from Cronulla. Two ruck infringements to three. Zero inside the tens to one. Nico with 98 supercoach points. Garrick with 90. And Katoa with 88. Dominant first half from the Sharks. Um, field position, possession, and just played much better footy. And they were belting the bejeebus out of Manly in the middle of the field. Especially in that the first 30 minutes of this game. They were just really physically dominant through the middle of the field. Um, I looked like it was going to be a complete blowout, let's be honest. 25, 30 minutes into this game, looked like the Sharks were just going to continue to score tries every 10 or 15 minutes, and that would be um, the, the way that the game went. But um, the the crazy Siamese twin brother of the Sharks came out for the second half and did what he did, did what he does. Um, seven penalties conceded and five errors in the last half an hour of this game. Um three set restarts on the top of it and 
they went from a position where they looked like they were going to cruise home to being in a position of not really troubled at the back end of the game, but given Manly a sniff when they really should not have had any sniff in the back end no. of this game whatsoever. In the way it was going, it did feel like DC was going to drag him home that last mm. set, right to the last set, even when he yeah. kicked the ball away for some reason. Um, so. Like, there was a... There was a home ground fucking refereeing bias in that last half an hour. You can't it, tell it me there was wasn't. It was the weekend for it, though. Um, Seriously. Yeah, Mel- they, Melbourne. It, uh, looked to me about when Ramian scored five minutes into the second half, Canberra. it looked like they basically just went, think, yeah. no, we can't let this be a slaughter. We've got to fucking try yeah. to get them back into it somehow. I reckon there's four um, games you could point to. The Sharks were their worst own enemy, too. There was some comp- just fundamental drop balls and stupidity in and around the play of the ball. But, yeah, there was a couple that probably didn't deserve uh, penalisation. But DCE's kicking game was brilliant. It was the only reason they stayed anywhere near this game because they should have been blown off the field early. And he's decided to kick early. He kicked long. His kicks were fucking 60, 70 metres, consistently turning the the Sharks around. Even if it wasn't turning them around, they were catching it on their 10-metre line. And, you know, we're getting tackled on the 30 when... Manly were kicking out of their own 30. So it makes a massive difference when you're able to kick as long and precise as he was. And he just kept the field position in a you know a manageable position when it really shouldn't have been. He has played off the back foot as a halfback for three years now and he's mm. incredible at it. He, well, like, they, they don't score a point without him on the field, let alone... Um, like, he kicked three or four times can. on the third or the fourth and just really turned the Sharks around. And they were back on their 15, 20-metre line trying to work it out of a bad position when they'd been all over the top of Manly for a five or ten minute period, yeah. you know what I mean? Makes a massive difference in the way the game flows and um, he, he was really good at it. Uh, Cooler and Garrick were the best of the back five for Manly. Cooler looked dangerous at times and Garrick's just an ultimate professional. He just, you know, when a, there's an opportunity there, he takes it more often than not. Strong enough, gets, you know, does his job. Woods, I thought, was okay off the bench. And I haven't said that about Aaron Woods very often in the no, last I two or three years, I, to be honest. I agree. Um, you didn't see him backing into tackles as much as he used to. He was actually taking it in and, you know, trying to get, gain his feet quickly and get the get the play moving. Um, who else was there? Paseca and Crocker were, were their best forwards. Um, Paseca was pretty impactful, actually, when he did have his stints, his 10 or 15-minute stints. And um, Crocker's always one of their better players out of, out of hooker there. Um, DCE was, yeah, by far and away their best player. Um, nobody got close to him <laughs> in that manly side. Katoa and Ramian were the best of the back five for the Sharks. They were um, damaging. Katoa finished extremely well, and um, I don't think he made an error for a game, which is very, <laughs> which is pretty, um, pretty good for Katoa, to be honest. Uh, Moylan and Braley were okay without being good. Um, probably one of Braley's poorer performances, but he was still one of <laughs> still a decent performer on the field. Um, Hunt and Wilton, McGuinness were, were, were decent in the middle of the field, so was Finnecane, especially in that first half an hour. But it was Nakora and Nico, and it's generally those two week in and week out for this shark side. Nakora was really dangerous most of the time when he touched the ball, and Nico, for the first 45, 50 minutes, was bouncing around on both sides of the field doing that, you know, getting really involved and setting up setting up where the ball was going for the Sharks. So. Bit of pace in the core too. Um, mm. Burnham on the outside a couple, especially one led to the try, but a yeah. um, couple of times a bit quicker than I thought. Uh, pretty succinct analysis there, but I don't really have much to add. <laughs> um, 
What else have I got to say? No, I think you've covered everyone I was going to talk about. Ramian, I thought it was outstanding. I thought he was really good, mm. at least in that first half. But, yeah, Barney, chief analysis. <laughs> what do I have to add here? Uh, Nico Nakora, 3-2. Uh, I was going to go Nakora. Nakora, Nicora 3. Nakora 3? Yep, that'll do. I was, even, I was actually thinking DCE 2, DC 2, two Nico 1, but I, Nico I'm happy to go either Yeah, way. no, that'll do. Because, like I said, that... That was the, an outstanding half effort from, from Yeah, Nico. well, those two probably had a more of an impact for longer than Nico did, so. so yeah. Um, yeah, so Nikora 3, DCE 2, Nico 1. Perfect analysis there, Barney. Succinct as always. Now, uh, we've got to talk about a pot plant of the week. Mm, well, is it Griffin or <laughs> like, could a pot plant have just come in and got the Dragons to win? They might have tried they harder. <laughs> Who was that did that a few years ago? Seabold when he went and sat on the sideline and spat the dummy. And Josh Reynolds was mine, to be honest. He yeah. played 30-odd minutes, um, added sweet fuck all for the Bulldogs. Had two runs and made 11 tackles. I think he missed three or four as well. It's just really added nothing for the Bulldogs. And you may as well put Flanagan back in there if that's what he's going to offer up. Agree. Uh, I'm going with Swahi because I just don't. I think not just defensive reads, but lack of effort. In that He's game. not interested. He, he wasn't yeah. by himself, but the dead set, let him go to uh, uni if that's what I do, or put him back in. Um, put him back in reserve grade and let them brag about bat signing a reserve grader. But <laughs> I don't think. Yeah, I just think his efforts far and away <laughs> below what we've seen from him in the past. Uh, slap. I'm going to slap the Paris supporters that apparently. Waited outside the ground for Jacob Arthur and told him he was a piece oh, of shit and gave it to him again. So, Fucking um, up. wake up yourself, you idiots! I should have just finished with slap Paris supporters, but uh, there is a reason this week because it's dead set. Like, yeah. wake up yourselves! Uh, Absolutely, hardly. He wasn't even that game. bad. He was fine. Yeah. Uh, there was big issues in him in the game. Fucking left <laughs> Lots of clubs that would um, be happy with a player of his quality. He uh, was actually first probably twenty or thirty minutes of the game. He was actually quite good. He yeah. was causing a few problems there for him and you know, he's, he's played fuck all footy, especially in first grade. Like, yeah. What do you want out of the kid? Seriously. You got one? Oh, it's the attitude and the defence from the Roosters. Like, seriously. How, it's a second how can a, a team that they've, I I you know, team that's been at the top of the competition for so long come out and basically fold after 15 minutes of pressure and just go fuck it. Not interested anymore. Yeah. Not much I can add there. <laughs> Uh, you've got a salute. Oh, Penrith. I, I haven't seen a performance like that since, what, a grand final. They were close to that. But I don't even think they put a performance in like that last year for the majority of the year. Yeah, fair enough. Not yeah, a consistent a physical year, blow the team to absolute pieces. They would look so dangerous. <laughs> I don't want anything to do with Penrith in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> Speaking of... Um Origin might come at a good time for some teams. Yeah. Speaking of um, people I wouldn't want any to do with, uh, Tomoko is my salute because he's just become an absolute beast this year. He's just um, devastating both sides of the ball. Uh, fast, strong in a team that needs some fast, good strong backs too. and good footwork. Mm. So great to see the next evolution of where he's going. Mm -hmm. uh, that Love is it. it. Check out rugbyleaguemerch.com, of course. Everything going on there. If you're watching on YouTube, drop some comments below. Let us know what you think. Uh, of course, subscribe on Spotify, YouTube, anyway. Good podcasts I've found. Thank you, David. Thank you, Adrian. We'll uh, preview what's up next week very shortly. Catch you guys.